WTEL podcasts are powered by Stanley Steamer Air Duct Cleaning, Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. It might be an expanded FBI investigation into Judge Brett Kavanaugh, his accusers, and related parties, but Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell still pushing for a vote on the nominee this week, no matter what happens, apparently. Matt Zapatoski updating us on Kavanaugh developments. Matt is a national security reporter at the Washington Post. Uh, Matt, uh, tell us more about this angle or any other Kavanaugh angles here this afternoon. Yeah, so the FBI has completed its sort of first four interviews in this case, the first four that the White House allowed them to do. But the White House has taken off the shackles at least a little bit, so this background investigation will continue. We don't know who else the Bureau might want to talk to. We do know that it'll be limited to anyone with, like, sexual assault allegations or information about the sexual assault allegations that are already out there. It won't be a sort of wide-ranging inquiry into his drinking. And even as of today, as of this moment, and it seems like the vote is on course. It looks like the earliest that could probably happen just because of Senate rules is this weekend. But um, Mitch McConnell says it, it will happen this week. That has not changed from yesterday to today. And uh, Mark Judge was questioned. Yes, he was questioned along with two other people who um, uh, Ms. Ford, Dr. Ford, says were at this party where she alleged she was assaulted. Um, the FBI also talked to Deborah Ramirez, who alleged that Brett Kavanaugh exposed himself to her in a separate incident when both were students at Yale. And that's the only four people we know that were interviewed so far. Everyone, I'm sure, knows that Mark Judge has said publicly he just doesn't remember this party. I think it's our understanding that he told the FBI that as well. And, of course, the other story emerges that Brett Kavanaugh was questioned by police a long time ago following a 1985 bar fight in New Haven, Connecticut. And uh, while attending Yale, Kavanaugh was involved in a fight at a bar called Demery's. Uh, But again, as you suggested, it would appear the FBI would not delve into that at all, just specifically the sexual assault accusations. Well, that the gentleman, a gentleman who witnessed that, a Yale classmate of Brett Kavanaugh, says he's been sort of banging down the door of the FBI, and we do know that they have been in contact. But we understand that the White House has said, look, this is not going to be a wide-ranging drinking inquiry, so to speak. And particularly, they're not going to look at what Kavanaugh testified as about his drinking compared to what other people are now saying. That person, though, has made contact with the FBI, and we'll see how this thing evolves. It feels like the way this has played out so far is the FBI sort of looks at a narrow set of things, but then the Senate or other political interested parties make some noise about how that's not far enough, and the investigation expands. So as of this moment, it doesn't seem like they'll go too deeply down that road, but a person who witnessed that incident has been you know, trying to get in touch with the FBI. And I see new Rasmussen polling. Of course, Rasmussen has a reputation as being a conservative pollster, but most Americans don't think the president will be able to come up with the, with the Supreme Court nominee that would uh, be uh, agreeable to both sides of the aisle. I think any pollster would <laughs> find that one, right? Yeah, did you need a poll to say that? <laughs> but are there any other political angles or uh, any uh, even uh, uh, possible uh, scenarios you can think of coming up this week? 
Well, you know, I, one interesting thing I saw today, which seems like an outlandish thing, but Lindsey Grahams has said something to the effect of, if Brett Kavanaugh gets voted down, President Trump should re-nominate him and sort of make the midterms a referendum on this guy. I, you know, I don't know how politically wise or even practical that is, but I think it does speak to, and maybe the poll does speak to, both sides are just girding in at this point, and it sort of is all going to come down to these three or four key Republican senators, Jeff Flake, Collins, Murkowski, um, and just to see how they shake out by the end of this week. But it does bring up interesting political calculus, and of course sometimes the conventional wisdom is wrong, but that is if the Democrats succeed in their mission to derail the nominee, uh, that that might energize the other side, Republicans, some of whom might have been sitting on their hands to vote in great numbers in the midterms, and conversely, if uh, the nominee sails to the high court seemingly in this rush fashion without taking full account of the accusations, then that could more powerfully energize Democratic women and others. So, in other words, each party's short-term goal might be contradicted by the political result in November. Again, assuming that conventional wisdom is true, I happen to think maybe everybody turns out regardless, or as many as you would ever get in an American midterm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a question that each senator has to wrestle with. How is this going to play in my district? What do my voters want to see? Do they want to see me sort of step in and do anything I can to prevent this person from being on the Supreme Court? Or, to the contrary, do they want me to step in and really fight for Brett Kavanaugh to be on the court? And like you say, this is just such a charged climate before the midterms. Will that even matter or turn out just be sort of um, big no matter what? Let me try one other thing on you, and I know you cover more security issues than political, but of course here in Delaware, a lot of buzz about our Senator Coons and Senator Flake making common cause, and they've had a common history despite being uh, opposites ideologically and politically, and some have said it's almost like the old Biden-McCain relationship, but you know, I kind of wonder if this is that uh, uh, anomaly where we do have uh, some uh, understanding across the aisle and uh, personal friendship. I'm wondering uh, who's going to be the next Flake for Coons? Because, of course, Flake is retiring, and you might think Corker of Tennessee, but he's leaving as well. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. You know, I have have wondered out loud with colleagues, like, what is Jeff Flake's aim here? He's retiring. It's not like the party could retaliate against him by taking away committee assignments or anything like that because he's out. So is he just sort of out to do the right thing? Is there some other aim here? Is this really because he is personal friends with Senator Coons and that? is shaping his thinking going forward and it's hard to know. I mean, you can't just sort of duplicate a personal friendship because it helps, you know, bring both sides of the aisle together if these if these men are genuinely friends and it certainly seems they are. It would seem to me that I don't know how, how Coons could find another person like that. Well, of course, uh, Flake said in the 60 Minutes interview, you know, if uh, he were running again, if he weren't retiring, would he be able to do this? He seemed to say, and no. So a cynic might say, okay, well, that means that he is uh, breaking with what he perceives to be the majority view of his constituents and you know is that uh necessarily an idealistic goal or not i don't know you can go around and around on it but okay well we'll see what happens this week matt thank you very much thank you yes sir and uh, matt zapatowski writing about national security and politics at the washington post washingtonpost.com